quite a while. And we still have a very good fight together. Trick, if you want my love, it's get this around the nation on Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne, and Sydney. Good morning, everybody. It's myself, Tony Martin. And Kevin's here. And of course, Richard Marthlin. Are we in the loony bin this morning? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not the loony bin. No, right here. How are we all today? Great. Is everyone feeling good? Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks, mate. It is time for some medical news. <laughs> Sorry, people driving in cars. Another plop at the end, Rich. That's strange. Is there anything that you won't end with a plop? The defibrillators have an effect, different effects for different people. It's your favourite sound effect at the moment. I think it's actually illegal to run a siren sound on the radio. Is it because people driving in cars? Right, of course. We apologise if you've just driven through the front of a house. Although, obviously, send us the details yeah, and you'll make the list. We'll be happy to talk about it. Okay. Uh, what's I, going on? Why? What's, how are you? Are you I, okay? I am fine. That's the good news. I'm fine. Right. I've had that terrible week of waiting for medical results. Uh, and you well, know, what did you think you had? Well, the embarrassing part is it's the downstairs department. Oh, no. It's the old... Uh, it's yeah. fine. Venus extension? <laughs> Didn't take. Getting a whalebone put in there? It was the old... Uh, Testicular, you know what? Oh no! Like the epididymis? No, no, it's fine. It's, but I'm sitting there thinking. Firstly, I'm going. I might die. And within two seconds, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm the guy that did all my plums. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! How's this going to read? Yeah. That'll be the headline. Great. <laughs> that would be the headline. All my plums. And then I got thinking, and this is before I knew that everything was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I got thinking, if it is bad, the silver lining is. That'll be my press release. Yeah. It'll just be simply the phrase all me plums. Right? Is it now more of an all me plums situation? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, everything's fine. Good. You should, check, you should check though, Rich. Imagine okay. that. Imagine if it was that and I had to redo all those sketches to be all me plums. No. We could give the other one away. But wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> See, down in promotion. Yeah. So wait, did you guys hear that? Quickly, into the inside tank. <laughs> it's one up Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Plum-based contents. <laughs> That's something the boys upstairs haven't done. <laughs> it's true. But don't you think that would be good to just put that out as the press release? So it would be like really serious. It was revealed today that uh, broadcaster Tony Martin is suffering from you know what. Mm-hmm. In a statement released by Triple M, Martin said only, all be plums. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Okay. But, uh, no, everything's fine. But the worst part is, and guys, you know what I'm talking about here, you've got to do the old self-examination. I've never had to do this. Oh. What is it? Well, you're in the age group. You should be doing this. I'm in the age group. What do I, what, how do I do it? Well, it's really oh. self-explanatory. Do you need a diagram? Well, what am I looking for? Walk through? I've got my doctor going, you know, Tony, you've got to check your testicles. I'm going, check them. In this weather, I'll be lucky to find them. <laughs> Freezing outside. The landing gear is up. <laughs> anyway, you've got to do it. And then the worst part is, You've got to go to the hospital and have the ghouly ultrasound. And that's not an awkward procedure. Mm. What do you do? Meeting the bloke will do it. Uh, I'm Dave. I'll be handling your ball. Hi, Dave. That's not uncomfortable. <laughs> and it takes like 20 minutes. I'm not boasting. That's the standard time. No. Or is that just <laughs> for you and Dave? You can have a drink together. Just get to know each other so we can both feel comfortable. <laughs> they tackle the acreage. <laughs> <laughs> the acreage. 20 minutes, you're just sitting there while he's mapping the surface. <laughs> well, with a pen? <laughs> No, but something that goes, I didn't look, but it's making this noise. <laughs> the scanner. Does it be a bit of that? And luckily he didn't know who I was. Because I don't know if you remember last year, I had to have the old camera up the arm. Yeah. And just as I'm going under in the anesthetic, one of the nurses leans forward, just as I'm about to black out, and goes, Thank God you're here. I couldn't resist it. Could not resist it. This guy, he had no idea who I was, so that was good. And he was an older bloke, so and he's obviously handled a lot of this uh, oh, no kind of gear. Yeah. What's, the pants? What's the protocol? Do you leave him a tip? Um, <laughs> something extra special for the effort? Well, the worst thing is what you talk about. Well, it's going on for 20 minutes, and then I'm going, this is why I need to know about sport. It's true. Oh, this is the time to bust out the sport. It's still a perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, what about those demons? Oh, yeah, well, they're right. 
Yeah. He was, in fact, the whole time talking about how he was thinking of buying a plasma TV. <laughs> His grandchildren were telling him to buy a plasma TV. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? And I'm going, well, is this for work or for home? What do you need? I mean, you just need to see. <laughs> You're looking at nads all day. I've got to see them in widescreen. Yeah, nads, mate. Stop taking advantage of the clarity. It's like you're there. It's like they're in the room with you. Yeah. And then the worst part is, all of a sudden, he's just he's chatting away about, oh, yeah, they, they've got the... Oh, hang on a sec. And that's the moment you don't want to hear. Yeah, no, no, no. He goes, oh, sorry, screen's frozen. <laughs> False alarm. But everything's fine. What you have to do is take it to the car park. They've got a big outdoor screen. I think you do. In summer, they have the Moonlight Cinema. Oh, yeah. Moonlight Plum Exam. Celebrity Plum Exam. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Monday, Ferris Bueller's Day off. Tuesday, it's old rat bass from Kieran's Plums on the big screen. Celebrity Wednesday, breakfast at Tiffany's. That's fantastic. But, uh, no, everything's fine. I will be walking funny for a few days. And I've abandoned the book I was uh, thinking of writing, Plum Out of Luck. That's what I thought would be the title. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's been pulped. Uh, See what I didn't do? The uh, And my wife came up with this. This is a great idea, the colonoscopy walk. Mm-hmm. If you're going in for a colonoscopy, mm-hmm. you have it done. Mm-hmm. And then, as, it's a bit embarrassing, but you'll laugh about it later. You walk out through the waiting room. Like with the legs apart, going, oh, see, that bloke goes in hard. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big cat. I'm a longshoreman. Everything is fine. So I'm sorry if I sounded a bit weird earlier in the week, especially when you were doing your uh, super glue. Oh, thing. yeah. Oh, that was the uh, intensity of in the no. retrospect. was hilarious. It's on the new podcast. Good to hear. Uh, wow. Okay, that's more wow. fingers than the bloke at the hospital was holding up. Thank you, Nikki <laughs> Hamilton. The show returns to normal. Next, don't get there. What were you saying? Is the worst thing to happen when you're having the plum old yeah. there? For when you, you were saying it was a quite an kindly old gentleman, yeah. just gelling them up <laughs> and scanning them. What you don't want is when you just finished the gel for a man to walk in and say, "Oh, I'm your doctor. I'll be looking after you." The moment, and then the kindly old gentleman just legging it out the door. <laughs> this isn't gel. This is a Yuhu glue stick. Just leaping out the window, pulling a parachute. <laughs> Bad luck, Martin. <laughs> Next time. Mm. Okay. Uh, I think it's time for another subject. What about sports? Sports. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Where's your theme music? Oh, here it is. Well, in rugby, Lottie DeCury wants to be the world's best rugby winger. That is sports news. What about truck match in there? Music news I see in the new weekly. news. What's happened? The insiders have attended uh, Britney Spears' 14-minute comeback sham. Did you see any of that on the news? After paying up to $600 to see Britney's first shows in three years, those who turned out last week were sorely disappointed by her 14-minute set, which she mimed to five songs. Disappointed? That sounds great. <laughs> 14 <laughs> minutes? 14 minutes long. You were hoping it would be 12. Yeah. Sadly, she blew it out to 14. Lip-syncing her way through the brief concert in a pink bikini-top mini-skirt, white boots and long brown wig, which stayed in place. Uh, blah, blah, blah. See, what she's done is she's dressed herself and done her own choreography. Good, isn't it? Looks a bit school of dead, but if you have a look at Oh, it's a bit, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit rough around the clock, the Egyptian pharaoh style. Very cool. And miming away. That's what she does. And she's got the old, uh, oh, I can't say what those boots were called, but people who were alive in the 80s will remember what they were called, white fringed boots. Mm-hmm. My dog has uh, what we call the cum-patney boot. Um, <laughs> slightly fringed around the ankle. Very nice. Can't say that. Britney's second concert the next night was almost a carbon copy of the previous night's sham, except the star chewed gum throughout and shocked fans by pretending to snort cocaine while mining lines from her hit Toxic. Send her to pretend rehab. That's obviously where she needs to go. (laughs) But would you be disappointed by a 14-minute Britney Spears jam? No. (laughs) I'd be ecstatic. Better than the... Ten minute Peter Andre extravaganza I went to. What was that? Oh, it was just him yeah. playing his abs with a fifty cent piece. 
It's like, incredible. Because where did he go? Like, give me a little sign. Mysterious girl. Yeah. She re-released twice. He as did. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, oh, Junkie. Junkie. To close with. But I like your idea that mm. it's on the app. Mm. Just, uh, washboard. Yeah. Just a bit of window. I'm playing in window. Alright. I'd like to see Brittany in concert, though. She's hot. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the hottest trashy mom yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love it. The worse she gets, the more I like her. <laughs> the day she like, shaved her head and she was lying in the gutter, like hanging out everywhere with Starbucks and kids hanging up at one end, I was like, yeah, here we go. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Mr. Martin, I believe you got some show business news. Well, uh, speaking of rehab, someone who could indeed find himself there, or maybe is on his way, yep. is a guy called Chris Albrecht, who yep. is the uh, chairman, or the former chairman and chief executive of HBO. Right, yes. Two of those fantastic shows. We love HBO. We do. He's uh, had a bit of a drinking problem, a couple of altercations uh, with girlfriends in parking lots of hotels and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now checked himself into, uh, into Alcoholics Anonymous. And apparently he couldn't get over the shrimp incident with Larry David. That's, a, that's what the whole trigger was. Okay, matter of fact, Kevin Enthusiasm fans would know. But uh, it was a heavy night out because apparently what he had in his mind was a night of drinking, a night of... Uh, 
hamburger and stuffing it. And it, for a good three and a half minutes, about a quarter of a pound of beef is hanging off his lip. And this is shot by his own daughter. Shot by his daughter. Under instructions from him. Yes. And then he, so he's all drunk. And she's saying, why don't you stop drinking? He's like, meh, you. And the, but the pro, apparently, apparently he's going to get sacked from the producers if he's drunk one more day. Is he in the producers? He's in the producers in Vegas. He's doing uh, the main character. He is. Um, and guess who's doing it in, on Broadway in New York at the moment? I've heard Tony Danza. Tony Danza. But it's no escape. That's an exhausting role. How does Hasselhoff, mm. you know, clean the beef off his face <laughs> and stagger down to the theatre? What about that bit where, you know, Nathan Lane has to do the whole play in like three minutes? I think it takes about two and a half hours when Hasselhoff <laughs> does that bit. That bit. <laughs> and now I go in and blah. Someone is constantly dropping clang is, is the Premier of Victoria, Steve Brex. We got it there? Yeah, he's in New York at the moment. We have a particular and unique terrorism capacity in Victoria. I discussed the response uh, after 7 Eleven here. <laughs> 7 Eleven? Yeah. It's an old Borat line, I think. He's using Borat's material. Braxy. Not doing us proud of there, is he? Remember 7 Eleven? Nightmare. Nightmare. So bright. Chocolate bars were so expensive. Milk, $3 a litre. Things got bad a couple of days later, but it was 7 Eleven that I remember. I think we'll never see anything we'll ever recover. Um, who buying sandwiches? A cup of beef salad? Oh, I've got here canine inheritance on my sheet. What the hell is that about? Tony, the big story. Yes. Uh, part of $2 million estate's dog. There's a $2 million estate that's been, uh, that's been left. To a dog. Well, he, well, he's part of the estate. Right. And so the dog apparently has, you know, in charge of some of the property and all this stuff. Like this. Executive. <laughs> they were fighting over him. The lawyer for the dog uh, has said that he was impressed with the initial offer, but his client was holding out for more money, a slice of the property, and half a sandwich he saw in the bin last week. <laughs> <laughs> boing. I'll give myself a boing. Yeah. Well, hey, Rich, still sitting on your HBO. Laughing yeah. <laughs> it up. People calling up saying, what were those shows? Entourage was one of them. Entourage. Great show. Was The Wire in there? Yeah, really. I didn't, I didn't do The Wire. That's great. You know what's great about The Wire? Every series, a different band does the theme song. Mm. That's never been done before. Oh, oh no. The Cosby Show had a few sort of things. Bobby McFerrin's running around. It sounded very Bobby McFerrin. Good shows, though. Go and read them. Mm. You don't have to buy them. You can read them. Hey, can download them. Here's something. I'm not being paid to say this. The Wire with JB Hi-Fi is only about twenty four ninety five for a whole series. Because that's a whole weekend. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Series 1 and 2. Get in there and have a look. What about this? An energy drink called cocaine has been pulled from U.S. shops nationwide amid concerns about its name. What do you mean? Someone uh, mistake it for Coca-Cola? Redux Beverages of Las Vegas uh, selling an energy drink called cocaine. They point out, however, cocaine contains no actual cocaine. Do, they, do the makers of heroin fruit juice think it tastes their product? <laughs> yes, the popular vitamin supplement pseudoephedrine has been pulled off the shelves. <laughs> cocaine contains no cocaine. That's stolen that from Ribena. <laughs> that contains no Ribena, apparently. Something like that going in, just asking for some cocaine at the... Maybe they could call corn chips hookers. Like some cocaine and hookers, please. <laughs> Certainly, sir. Then I'll have some crystal meth and child pornography. That's burger rings and low-fat milk. <laughs> is that all the big news? Yeah, it's all the news for crystal meth fans. Uh, Paris Hilton is demanding a pardon. Mm-hmm. Why should she be the only one? I don't know. If she can have one, I reckon everyone can have a pardon. Right. We'll be distributing the mitts. I don't think they'll necessarily be up there dancing in the streets. <laughs> Around the nation on Triple M. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's finished. Yeah. That's a good McGarry. Yeah, well, uh, hmm? Cecilia has been phoning around the JB Hi-Fi. Series one of The Wire is only twenty-four ninety-five. I mean, but it's a big commitment. Yeah, like it's thirteen hours for twenty-four ninety-five. That's pretty good value. But thirteen hours time yeah. for normal people is quite a lot. You could watch that over a couple of nights. You're yeah. not doing one. Imagine how much child rearing you could get done in thirteen hours. Yeah. It's all about families. Well, how much you could build? How many sheds you could build? So yeah. 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 Or, or how many walks you could take for breast cancer and whatnot? Yeah. 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 Do something for charity. Finally, going to do something. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to uh, mm-hmm. do this program. Okay. 
So people who email in, we get great emails. We do get very good emails. Jonathan Prince, he won't say where he works, but there's 45 people. They've all been listening to Triple M since 1990 in the workplace. Rebel Sports Warehouse. And get this, has not forced them to change over to another station. Isn't it great when you hear that? I mean, well, sometimes we're quite opinionated, and I've heard in workplaces sometimes. Oh, you know, my old flatmate's workplace, she, she said that that was our program that got them to switch over. Really? <laughs> what were we doing wrong? Well, she works in a lab, and oh, okay. our, our, our kind of, you know, graphic descriptions of plum handling <laughs> wasn't going over too well in the food lab. <laughs> the short bus talk. Yeah. So. But no, wherever Jonathan Prince works, uh, you're into the show, so good on you guys. You're only Prince. worried that we were going to make fun of this email. We certainly wouldn't do that. Thank you for sending it. People who want to hear that interview yeah. with my dog. Oh, yes. My dog. Yeah. It's in the Calcast, which is the latest podcast, 81, uh, the new Get This Bacon mm. Film podcast. It was the episode you weren't here Yeah, I know. Cal yeah. Wilson uh, filled in. Mm. How'd she do? Did all right. He's great. Talked about cats. Ate a lot of food. Shuffled a lot of papers. Yeah. Is it up there on iTunes? But are all the others up there? We put the Calcast up this morning and the other 80 podcasts disappeared. Fair enough. A little bit of a problem. Hopefully, they'll all be up by the end of the day, but certainly the Calcast is up. Let's have some music. Let's get to it quickly. I want to hear something that's a combination of uh, sort of Neil Young guitar with a slight hint of the church's unguarded moment. What have you got for us? And running Dream Days at the Hotel Existence is uh, the new album. Yeah, June second. That's coming out. It's uh, Triple M. Mm. We like to have things go all new occasionally here at Triple M. Oh yeah. Let's have the all new Talkback Mountain. Schwarzenegger to pardon her over a 45-day prison sentence. Listen to this, the Hilton Hotels chain, ARS. This is what the, the pardon says, right? The proposed pardon. Paris Hilton provides hope for young people yes. all over the US and yes. the world. She provides beauty and excitement yes. to our otherwise mundane lives. No. The petition reads, we, the American public who support Paris, are shocked, dismayed and appalled by how Paris has been the person to be used as an example that drink driving is wrong. She's written it herself. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's authentic. So it's all about just her being an example that it's wrong. It wasn't the fact that she was driving up the street with the lights off drunk yeah. in the middle of the night. So that's okay. And if she crashed into me, yeah. I would have thought my mundane life has now been <laughs> lit up with beauty and traction. She's in the wheeled in the face. Inspiration everywhere. She encourages thousands of young women to cultivate a totally unjustified ear of haughty disinterest and obnoxious pig ignorance across oh the world. <laughs> She's an inspiration. Sorry, say that. Say that again. Say what? that description again. A uh, totally unjustified haughty disinterest and obnoxious pig ignorance. What's wrong with that? We got it right. I've been trying to work out the looks on the face and look at mm. the kids in the street and you got it. Global warming, I don't care about that. What's my new ringtone? Wow. Well done, sir. She's an inspiration to us all. But, you know, we're saying fair enough. Okay, if she's going to have a pardon, Mm. why can't we all have one? Surely we've got things we need to be pardoned for. And what are we going to hear when we distribute the pardon? I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Inman, now that uh, leads me to tell people what happens off air when we get to work. We don't have meetings as such. No, all the meetings take place on air to the constant frustration of our producer, Nikki. But uh, this morning, we did spend some time trying to find that I'm free, that little grab. Mm. And uh, so then that was about 45 minutes. Another 45 minutes uh, spent trying to get the my sex grab. And when I found some music listeners, no, I found the I'm free grab. It had one 
boomp in the background, and you should have heard the chorus from Marsland and Martin. I know it. No, it's got a boomp in the background. Back to, back to the drawing board, son. I had to watch like a 45-minute Dutch TV interview with John Inman just to find him saying without a boomp in the background. It was great, though. He was describing how he mastered the walk. Yeah. Well, that's up to some... Going up the guy, but we apparently. That's what he says. what he says. As soon as he's whacked a uh, five... Penny bit, yeah. Up the clacker, all of a sudden the character just came to freeze, or at least pardon him. I'm free. for forty-five minutes before he said I'm free. No, because he was going on and on about it. What do we need to be part? Okay, we need serious kind of stuff. Okay, here's something. Um, we're known uh, at our sister station, which is in the same building. Mm. Us on this show, apparently we've got the new nickname of the Comedy Nazis. Yeah. And this is because on air one day, we were pointing out that if you're at work and the phone rings and you pick it up and it's somebody with a comedy Indian voice going, oh, yeah, I'm really yeah. the running. It's probably going to be a gotcha call. Yeah. So now we're the Comedy Nazis. Yes. We're the racists now, yeah, apparently. Right. I am. Anyway, I think, okay, well... If I'm a comedy Nazi, <laughs> it's time for a bit of a Nuremberg. I once, on national television, mm. blacked up and did the comedy Indian voice myself. Did you? Yeah, I did. For what? For a degeneration comedy sketch. And it was like, the idea of the sketch was that I was an Indian waiter who was forcing the people at the table to pronounce the words that he knew they weren't going to be able to pronounce. And then there was just a chorus of laughter in the kitchen. Couldn't get an Indian actor? No, it wasn't like an a- anti-Hindu sketch. Couldn't get an Indian actor? Apparently not. It was the 80s. It was an earlier time. <laughs> hadn't been invented yet. The footage is absolutely disgraceful. It's amazing it hasn't been put onto YouTube yet. Get it on, people out there. Get it on the tube. I'm free. Sellers did that as well. Yeah, but Sellers was very good at it. Yeah. Like, Satyajit Ray, the greatest Indian film director of all time, mm-hmm. wanted to cast Peter Sellers in, and this is quite amazing, an early version of E.T. Mm. E.T. was written in the 1960s, mm. and it was about a Hindu bloke. Mm. Satyajit Ray was going to make it, and it was going to start Peter Sellers. Mm. And then uh, Ray went to the set of the party, because he'd been impressed by Stella's accent and the millionaires. Mm-hmm. But he went to the set of the party and reckoned he'd lost it. Yeah, yeah sure. Called the whole thing off. Project went into turnaround, development, for like 15 years. Melissa Matheson got the script, rewrote it, came out of Spielberg's E.T. So when you're watching that lovable little alien yeah, yeah. in the front yeah. of that bike... That was originally meant to be Peter Sellers <laughs> in the turban. I swear to you, that's a very different film. Have we lost everybody? No, I, 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 I love that. doesn't distract from my own nascent racism back in the no, 1980s. No, no, no. There it was. But I've been pardoned by John Inman. That's fine. My husband? Uh, I reckon I should pardon the cassette. I'm free! Monty Video and the cassettes. Did he want to come and come a wing gang? Yep. But the the cassettes, because they're actually deleting them from sales. Oh, right. Uh, Curry's in the uh, United Kingdom has announced that it stopped uh, stocking cassettes. Mm. Only 100,000 were sold uh, in the UK last year, mm. 83 million in 1989. So they're getting rid of them. They're moving them out the exit. Yeah, right. So now is the time to buy up on your cassettes and also your cassette recorders. Okay, why? Well, because you can't buy them anymore. They're gonna, once they phase out the cassettes, oh, they're going to start phasing out the tape recorders oh, as well. God. Oh, is that? And, I mean, Richard was the guy that said to buy a big on Betamax video players, and he is making a packet off those. Well, you've got to get those. are in demand again, Rich. So you are absolutely right. The waters are rising. You've got to get your cassettes up to base camp too. That's right. Everything has to go over to disc now. Yeah. Oh, okay, so we've pardoned yeah. the humble cassette mister. Heavily, surely, we're on your resume. Well, hopefully, no, who lives at my house is listening at the moment. Mm. Uh, because apparently, I, because you know, I get hungry late at night mm. and I have to eat porridge before I go to bed. Yeah. Now, but porridge by itself isn't very delicious. <laughs> so I have to have some honey and some, perhaps some special K and some uh, banana in there as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I must have been stealing from my flatmates so much that now one of my flatmates keeps all of her bananas and her honey in her room where I can't get at it. Is that right? She's sleeping with honey. Yeah. And I only know because I walked past her room the other day and thought, geez, it smells good in there. <laughs> Poked my head in and saw the delicious, bo- it's the delicious booty that was in there. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm, I'm an addict. I'm a still not style addict. I, I don't. I, I know not what I do. I'm free. <laughs> uh, thank you. You're free. Listen, 
Doesn't it feel good? A chance to get something out of your system. Maybe you've worn a turban on national television. Maybe you've forced someone to sleep with their bananas. Maybe you're an out-of-date product that nobody likes anymore. Give us a call and get let off the hook. One triple three five three. Carol Barkman, she's so high. We'll pardon him. We're pardoning really? everybody really today. Barkman? Yeah, I get this. Yeah, but not Turner. No. An overdrive. Overdrive. Less said the better. Hello there, Andrew. Good morning, boys. How are you going? Well, we're excellent. Uh, what do you want to be pardoned for, dude? Well, first of all, congratulations. You guys are as funny as a fart on a first date. Thank you. There you go. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, it's classic. Yeah. Right, excellent. Yeah, I'd be laughing. Katie Lang, big fan of your work. Thank you very much. Constant craving. Um, I wanted to just get a pardon for the good old-fashioned curving on the neighbour when she gets changed. Oh, yeah. I'm free! <laughs> <laughs> Not so far. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, wh- how did you, you know, how did you spot her? Like, what's the, what well, is, is it, it sitting on the roof? Walked into my bedroom, mm. she had the blinds open, mm. how you going? Bang! Okay. So it was an invitation. It wasn't something well, that we don't need to contact the police. No, it, it, it was there. And mm. I didn't want to be rude and say no. You know what, Andrew? You're a gentleman. <laughs> gentleman. I didn't want to be rude. You're a gentleman. I don't like that about you. All right, you. Mr. Humphreys yeah. has spoken. Thank well, you, Andrew. Andrew. I wonder what Andrew's up to on the first day. No. Glenn. Hi, how are you? Not too bad. Um, I'm just wondering if you could pardon me for two things. Yeah. Um, last night I watched Big Brother. Oh, <laughs> I'm free! <laughs> <laughs> Secondly? Um, well, since it's Mother's Day this weekend, I haven't actually told my mum I love her in about eight years. Oh. So, yeah, pretty bad of me. So, oh. she should be listening I'm free! I'm sure the reason I don't love you, mum, as well. <laughs> Sorry. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm sure a human nature album will make up for oh. it. Where would Mother's Day be without human nature? Sounds of Motown. All right, that's a double pardon. Who else needs one? Hi, Linda. Hi, how are you going? Good, what did you do? I stole my neighbour's garden gnome and... I'm free! I wanted to get back at them because he spends all his money on unnecessary items and then when he runs out of money he goes around the streets botting things and and so I just thought the gnome doesn't deserve to live there. You know what, you're, a, you're an environmentalist. So what does he do? He runs out of money and then goes what, like cap in hand around the neighbourhood? Yeah, and makes up stories why he needs money or he goes down the street and begs and or he borrows things and, you know, when people get sick of him, he finds a new house to make up a new story for. So I just thought the gnome has to go. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I'll go and bot the gnome. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hoping the gnome's really, really happy, but half of me feels a little bit guilty because it was a full moon at the time and I was a bit, you know, crazy, but I just had to do it. No, Linda, you do what you have to. Yeah. Where is the gnome now? I found a new house in a new suburb in a really nice garden, so I popped him in the garden next to the letterbox for the new owner to find in the morning, Lovely. at about six in the morning. Lovely. Yeah. You're a modern-day Robin Hood. <laughs> I like that about you. Thank you. There's a gnome appearing in our front yard. Yes. <laughs> what are we going to do? I'd Stop like taking to... acid to start. <laughs> so I'd just like to be pardoned for the stealing. <laughs> I'm free! Hi, <laughs> Carol. How you going? Good, mate. What happened? I um, got married with a mullet hairdo. Oh, I don't know if we can do this one. Oh, yeah. My kids still throw darts at the photos. Well, fair enough. And uh, and how big, how tall was it on top and how long was it down the back? Oh, it was pretty buffy up top. Yeah. And, uh, a, a pound of, or a kilo of gel. Oh. And it went down a long way down my back. Yeah, right. Jason Dunstall on speed. Oh, wow. it's beyond sweet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. what era are we talking? Oh, the 80s, when it was fashionable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm free. <laughs> You're okay, Daryl. Oh, I need to be pardoned. You're still rocking it now? Are you still rocking the mullet now, Daryl? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Believe me. You've gone for a full buffant now, have you? Or a uh, well, no, 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 no. Well, no, no, no. It's just a normal, everyday blending hairdo. Sweet cut shaved in the back. Sweet action. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, I think we've got one more part. No, we don't. We don't. No, everyone's gone. Our powers have been withdrawn. Yeah, no, we did well, though. All right, well, uh, hopefully uh, Paris Hilton will be, you know, I hope she does the time. <laughs> I really hope she does the it'll time. It'll be bad for her, but it'll be good. They're sharpening their shivs as we speak. Yeah. Get ready.
mirrors just getting, they should just give her one of those little dentist mirrors on the end of a spike, you know, the tiny little, okay, hey, do you want to talk about crime? Yeah. By someone who knows about crime, he writes about crime, he writes a damn fine read, that's Shane Maloney. <laughs> just heard a big bang, and a lot of swearing. <laughs> Everything you could see at the bottom of the bucket. 
somewhere under that crusty exterior, their feet a heart of gold. I love those characters, you know. And then he was taken over. He was replaced by the female forensic pathologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, computer profiling serial killers using cutting-edge technology. And she wore a Chanel suit. Yeah, and yeah. BMW and stock options, but really it's the same guy in drag. <laughs> He's had the operation. Send it down to the lab. Send it down to the lab. <laughs> but is it hard to uh, crowbar crime into the life of a character who's, well, essentially an MP? Well, he's sort of uh, ordinary bloke, really, in lots of ways, and so he just gets bucket into things. So I started off the writing these books by wondering, you know, what would it be like if, if, you, if, if you figured out somebody was trying to kill you and you had no idea why? Right, right. And that's really how the series starts, and, uh, you know, that's a few books back. Uh, uh, and, it, it, look, it just takes off from there. Um, you put a, an ordinary bloke under some sort of stress where his loyalty hooks him into things and he feels like he's only he can solve the problem and every every step he makes uh, it gets worse. Well, you know, that's the premise of them. Well, I, you know, it's got the word thriller on the front. Well, it just really surprised me at how many big laughs there were in this book and you've done something that was very hard to do for a writer, I would imagine, and that's write a funny sex scene. Hey. <laughs> where, do you, where do you start there? Well, I have to do a lot of research. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do a lot of research. Uh, uh, and after that, well, look, it's like it's like the comedy, crime, drama, you know, tragedy thing. You know, you know, Tony, you can die in comedy. Oh, yeah, certainly. That's right. You can have a glass at you in the head <laughs> at an unexpected moment. That's right. You know, you can just, you, you're killed just as dead in the comedy as you are in the tragedy. And what sort of audience do you, do you have a test audience you try stuff out of? Um, no, I don't. I don't test market things. I, I, occasionally, I read chapters out loud in trams to see if there's any. Did you get anything? Usually gets me a hundred and fifty dollar fine. It's something I love to hear about from writers is how much uh, hits the floor. I mean, how much do you write that just ends up going through the shredder? Oh, look, it's an ugly business, the whole thing, really, because the, these books are written in the voice of, of Murray Whelan's. Don't forget the story out of this bloke. And he's a, you know, he's a politician. He can be pretty reticent. It can be very difficult to get there. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a small replica of Guantanamo Bay in my backyard, and I keep the fictional characters in there, working them over with rubber hoses and <laughs> wet phone books until yeah. they cop up the details. You know? <laughs> the screams can be heard at night by the neighbours, though. <laughs> Well, sucked in is uh, in the shops now. Uh, I want to talk about those Murray Whelan telly movies. They were great, weren't they? But what happened to them? They were taken out of the back and had a bullet put to the... They were taken by the screens. <laughs> they were. Well, let's find out what happened to them next. I'm getting this. Around the Nation on Triple M. Shane Maloney is with us. The new Murray Whelan thriller sucked in is in the shops now. I'm sorry to just keep reading sentences out at you, your own work, Shane, this is the last one I'll do. How about this for a sentence? Listen to this. This is referring to Melbourne, but I'm sure people around the country will identify with it. With their usual eye through the potential revenue, Yarra Council had jacked up the parking metre fees and erected time limit signs of such baffling complexity that a team of Philadelphia lawyers armed with atomic clocks would have been hard-pressed to escape a ticket. I'm sure people know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, the big bitterness on my part there. Now, uh, we were talking about the, the Murray Whelan movies. Now, I love them with uh, David Wenham, and you had John Clark at the helm, and you had Sam Neill involved. Why didn't they continue? Yes, well, it's a bit of a puzzler, really. Well, normally when this happens, this, the answer is, oh, they didn't rate. But I got out the ratings, because my wife worked on these films as the first AD. And at the end of the year, the newspaper printed the 100 most-watched shows of the year in Australia. 98. Football, and then <laughs> no, no, Stiff, the first Murray Whelan movie, was in at number 51. Not bad. The, like, out of everything on television that year, it was the second most watched telly movie of the year. That's pretty good. And then, to me, what I would have done if I'd been programming is put the second one on, like, maybe the next week or maybe two weeks later. But they sat on it for months. What was that about? They did. Well, they wanted. They ran it after the Olympic Games so that everybody uh, had right. seen the promo for three months. So. Uh, uh, and uh, look, I, I think it just ended up being television poison. Really, you've got the most popular star in uh, Australian television. You've got uh, John Clark writing the script. Uh, 
directing, Sam Neill directing, you know, you you win the ratings. It's just death in television, that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know if this was the reason, but if I had to guess, uh, normally when you see uh, detectives or people involved in crime stories on Australian TV, it doesn't matter what they do, they live in a New York-style warehouse apartment. Remember that Jane Halifax, <laughs> the coroner? <laughs> it was a spectacular apartment she lived in. And Clarkie did this great thing, which was uh, filming the Murray Whelan stories in the actual world in which they were set. You saw the streets of Coburg, Sydney Road, Brunswick. You saw lots of real-looking shops. It felt great. But it wasn't the sort of slick or sexy. You know, there weren't enough kids, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Would that be yeah, fair to say? The main streets of Thornbury. You don't see that on the telly, much. No. no, I think that's what well, I enjoyed seeing all of that. It was, it was a, you know, just a great experience to see the characters that you've invented and they pop up. And, and of course, um, Murray Whelan being played by um, Sam Neill was fantastic. Oh, David by by uh, David Wenham, I mean. David Wenham was he was just really terrific in the role, but also because the books are written in this first-person voice, you know, somebody, some people mistake me for the character, you know, right. so they say, right. oh, you're, um, you know, you're Murray Whelan, aren't you? And, and when, when David Wenham playing that role, you know, I thought, you know, this is fantastic because people, and by people I mean women, mm-hmm. are going to um, mistake me for David Wenham. Oh, that's <laughs> a plus. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but uh, mate, uh, people have been coming up. You congratulating you on 300. <laughs> you look so muscly in that one. Wow, man. That's right. Uh, they they keep asking me what it's like working with Nicole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> but uh, writing. Now, Mr. Marsden, you're full of writing questions. What were you asking Shane? I was just asking Shane whether or not he wrote to music, like listening to music, because a lot of writers I know prefer silence, or they'll listen to the same album over and over again because they feel that repetition aids concentration. Yeah, yeah. I have a string quartet come around when I was <laughs> working. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in the corner of the room, soaring away. It's just taking requests. request. Yeah. You know the final countdown by Europe? <laughs> not a bad idea. Get a busker in. Get a busker in. Lay down a lobster. Well, well that is what? 20 bucks. Oh, right. Well, a lobster. You're paying people in crayfish. That's amazing. Rich. At some point, we should probably mention uh, what happens in social media. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you want to tell us quickly, Shane, what yeah, the yeah. striking story is? Oh, well, the story happens with the dry lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a somewhat contemporary setting. Uh, and the discovery of human remains yeah. uh, in the bottom of this, uh, of this dried up lake. Uh, which um, which turned out to be connected with some business that happened in uh, in a union about 20 years back when our hero was uh, just starting off his political career and the people involved have gone on to become among the great and good in the land. There's a, a senator and there's the pro-vice-chancellor of the University of Maribyrnong. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, um, it looks like... Um, this whole thing might, well, you know, get out of its box and start causing a few problems. So our hero steps in to try and figure out what happened, and uh, of course things just get more and more out of control and complicated from there. And if people are, you know, harbouring cynical views about what goes on behind the scenes in political parties and uh, union organisations, they'll uh, have their feelings confirmed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the business of confirming people's worst suspicions. (laughs) (laughs) But what about Plot cliches. Yeah. We love them on this yeah. show. There's so many of them out there. Yep. Let's see if we can uh, dredge a few up from the bottom of a lake. Right. And uh, chuck them at Shane. We'll do that next. Well, uh, the, the shock has been coming up gradually. I thought it was about time I started complaining to someone about this. <laughs> Around the nation on Triple M, author Shane Maloney is with us. That means that a new Murray Whelan book is in the shop. Sucked in, it is called. Uh, good news in the paper today. I'm sure you've heard about this, Shane. Uh, Rupert Murdoch has gone green. Stop <laughs> laughing. Stop <laughs> laughing. It's true. After denying the existence of global warming for 10 years, suddenly he's, uh, yeah. But he got now got little pointy ears as well and can do the Vulcan mind well. Are <laughs> oh, you meaning gone environmental? I thought you meaning actually turned green. It doesn't sound, I know, it's so unbelievable. The News Corporation will slash its global carbon footprint 
apparently 90% of their carbon emissions are produced by Piers Ackerman. So yeah, that's yeah. yeah. the problem. He's gone green, but as usual, somebody has combed Ovaltine through his hair. <laughs> you have a look at Rupert Murdoch, who did have great hair a couple of years ago. He's Senator Ovaltine. <laughs> so he is. Oh, he nice doesn't have a, a, a carbon footprint, though, does he? He has, he has the carbon knuckle print. <laughs> he's certainly dragging <laughs> along the ground behind him. Well, he's uh, going in hard against Jonestown. Uh, Chris Masters, absolutely brilliant book about mm-hmm. Alan Jones. Uh, he thinks it shouldn't be nominated uh, for any prizes because it contains spelling errors. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. The spelling errors uh, all about. I found a spelling error typo in the Penguin edition of Catcher in the Rye. Did you? So that should be burnt. Oh. Put it on a bonfire. <laughs> oh, no wonder that bloke only ever wrote one. <laughs> yeah. You're on to it, Shane. I'm stopping there. Now, Shane, when you're writing a crime book, what are the cliches you have to avoid? Oh, well, you have to avoid the... Uh, Suddenly with a bound, he was free. I don't oh, think you're yeah. allowed to do that one anymore. <laughs> Very tempting to do that. Uh, you have to avoid the, uh, of course, the the, the twin sister uh, epic uh, love connection. That's, uh, oh, right. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a bit under death, yeah. I, I think. Uh, be back. Yes. Oh, look, there are so many now. Uh, 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 Russian orphans with big eyes. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Open a book without uh, Russian, or- uh, Russian orphans. Or like, mm. like. We're looking for your favourite plot cliches today. Listen, they don't just have to be from uh, books. They can be from that, uh, movies and TV. What about the one in your crime television shows where there's always somebody wandering in? Somebody, a detective's always doing some work on the side and they get hauled into the boss's office and it's all that sort of like, you know what I mean, like, you do what I tell you to do. And it's like, you know what? I came here to, do, to, to learn the truth. You can't tell me what case to look after and what not to look after. And, of course, it turns out the detective is right. And then there's always the scene at the end where the boss is like, get good work today. Yeah, of course, something like that again, I'm busting your ass down to something or other. Yeah, everybody's happy. Oh, you mean like a, in like a courtroom one where yeah. somebody's in the wrong and the judge bangs the gavel and the, 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 the audience keeps cheering and then the judge just goes, oh, bugger it, just throws the gavel away. I can't buy City Hall on this one. And then Rodney Dangerfield comes in and they do the twist. I mention it every time, but what is with these two loose wires under the steering column? You're driving off. There you go. Which uh, manufacturers yeah. have got rid of them by now? And which wire will I cut? The green one or the red one? The green one or the red one? It's always It always comes down to, in the cop television shows now, it's just the same, you know, plot over and over and over again, where there's no way they're going to solve it. Then somebody looks in the corner of the screen and sees a, a hair fiber that they think they recognize from somebody that they met for two seconds at the start of the episode. Go around to their house, and then we're just like, hello, how are you? They're like, all right, you got me. Oh, I can't understand. I can't withstand this cross-examination. Yes, it was me. Mr. Marsland, any that you've noticed? Well, any, uh, in, in Home and Away and Neighbours, whenever there's a scene in a car, that car's going to crash. That is going to happen, right? Yeah. Well, pretty much. I mean, unless you're getting out of the car. If you're getting out of the car at the start of the scene, you'll be right. If you're getting in, see ya. Yeah, the car's in motion and there's a conversation going on that seems to be lighthearted. You're dead. The car will eventually go off a cliff. Um, also, uh, like TV shows where they have seven main characters and then for some reason they spend 20 minutes with another character who's only just been introduced, like in a TV show like Lost, yes. and then you just know that person's going to die sometime that episode because they, they allow the viewers to invest themselves in this new character who seems a little wacky but it's then blown up by the wet dynamite. Well, do you know that the uh, Lost says it's only going to got three more series to go? Three more series of Lost to go. And I'm going to give everybody a hint. Don't watch it until the final show of the last series because <laughs> that's when they'll stop wandering through the effing jungle and find something. <laughs> do you have a show like that, Shane, where you just, you, you know, you go, just cut to the end, please. You've got no idea what you're doing. Yeah, that, that one where they're on the boat, you know, and they crash on it. Not lost, but the... the um, Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island, yeah. Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island, yeah. Gilligan's Island, yeah, there it was. Now, there's a couple of things you know are going to happen in that. You never actually see it on screen. Yeah. You know that that ginger, for example, something's going to happen there between her and And Thurston Howell III, you know, where did that money come from? He's on the lamb. He's on the lamb. <laughs> yeah, you know. He's, he's, he's on the lamb. And who sabotaged the boat and why? Mm. Well, so many unanswered questions. I'd like to think that the maybe the Gilligan's Island could be reassembled and be 
integrated into loss. That's a good idea. Wandering around the island. That's a good The fat guy. The trap door falling down on Bob Denver's head. That'd be fun. Hang on, all right. Blood photos are here. Skippy, what's Skippy doing here? Is on a well? What about the listeners? They are full of cliches. They want to throw at us. Let's give them a go. One triple three five three. With us, a fine new read in the form of sucked in is in the shops now. It's not full of plot cliches. I'm very disappointed. Mm. Shane, do you want to hear what our listeners have got to throw at you? Yes, let's, um, let's give them a book for their trial. Let's do it. Every single person who contributes gets a copy of sucked in the new Murray Will- uh, Whelan thriller. Let's hear them, Ed. Hi, Barry. How are you going, Dad? Oh, good, mate. Uh, talk us through your uh, cliche. Well, every movie I've ever seen has got the Hollywood parking spot. Television in the seventies. Oh, really? He just everywhere he went, parking spot waiting. Now uh, Shane's just uh, put on the uh, the can so that he can hear the callers, Perry, and he's done. Yeah. The now ubiquitous mime of where's the headphone levels, Richard? <laughs> and there are none. There are none. You'll be receiving your tinnitus on the way out of the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. The holiday, par- uh, the Hollywood park. Absolutely right, Perry. For Perry. Hey, Leon, how are you? Good, guys. How are you going? Good, mate. Uh, talk three cliche. Uh, the old one with the uh, police movies or TV shows when there's the, the usually the large uh, police chief that dies in his last day of retirement. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna retire and just go fishing. Maybe yeah. walk the dog. Yeah, bang. Falling down with Michael Douglas and Robert Duvall. There's a bit of that. Yeah. It's Robert Duvall's last day at work, but then. Luckily, he survives it. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. yeah, as soon as you hit the police chief, sees his cake being wheeled in. Yeah. <laughs> for death. A book for that man. Thank you, Leon. Who's mate, next? Hey, Travis. Hey, g'day, mate. How are you? Mate, excellent. Your cliche? My cliche is, if someone's being chased in a house, yep. why do they run up the bloody stairs? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the whole place is full of dry ice. 
sweeping around. And Duran Duran are launching into the wild voice. Have we got time for one more cliche? Hi, James. Hey, how's it going? Excellent, mate. Your uh, cliche? Um, <coughs> the guy's sitting there and he's typing away, but only using the single row, but he's typing his whole letter or just going to be ticking away and the keyboard doesn't line up with the, uh, the screen. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I only use one letter. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, uh, you're right, James. Because in, in the show 24, it seems as though every satellite in the world can just be used by using the escape button. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the magic mouse that they never use. Or yeah. the other, some of the older, com- oh, some of the older shows. They don't even have the computers plugged in. Oh, really? It's <laughs> caught <laughs> dangling off the front of the desk. Hey, when you, when you sign the book, my wife loves the show and she's got the capable T-shirt, so if you can just wish her a happy wedding anniversary, it's her wedding anniversary this weekend, so you never know your luck, you know? Right. Well, happy wedding anniversary and, uh, you know, hope James gets some action. Yeah, yeah man. Doesn't wake up the next morning, indentation on the pillow. <laughs> no sign of the business. April T-shirt. See you later. Uh, thank you, everyone. Everyone has been stuck in. By Shane Maloney today. Great stuff. They're so good at that stuff. They certainly are, our listeners. Uh, we're not finished with you yet, Shane. Are, are you a big fan of the work of Peter Costello? Oh, he's coming in. Oh, he is, is he? Oh, God, I'm so glad I'm here today. Yeah. There's like about five words you can't say on radio flash before your eye. <laughs> well, he won't be stopped. He's coming in with crazies for everybody. Next on Get This. <laughs> on Triple M. Shane Maloney is still with us, author of Sucked In. That's in the shops now. Shane, what about uh, that budget? Were you riveted to Peter Costello's budget the other night? I, well, I, I thought I was for a while, and then I realised I was watching the other channel. Uh, <laughs> have you... Have, is it just me, or do Peter Costello and Bert Newton looking incredibly <laughs> like each other? Looking into each other. Yeah. yeah. Costello's catchphrase. Yeah. See, it was, it was 50... Greatest TV one-liners. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I turned it on, and there was a man saying, "Greed is good. Wax on, wax off." <laughs> okay. I thought, I thought this business as usual for the budget. I thought this is the budget. <laughs> yeah. Well, people often find the budget a bit boring to watch, but I find if you listen in the background of the record, you know, if you tape it and then play it back and listen, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the background. Have a listen to this. <laughs> I received a message from His Excellency the Governor-General recommending, in accordance with Section 56 of the Constitution, an appropriation for the purposes of Appropriation Bill No. 1, 2007-2008. I call the Treasurer. Present the appropriation bill number one, 2007 2008. First reading, the bill for an act to appropriate money out of the Consolidated Revenue Fund for the ordinary annual services of the government and for related purposes. The Honourable the Treasurer. Mr Speaker, I move that the bill now be read the second time. First reading, the bill for an act to appropriate money out of the... Sorry. Mr Speaker, Australia is different to the way it was ten years ago. We have another two million Australians who have found jobs since then. And average wages have increased 20% in real terms. In the decade before 1996, inflation averaged 5% a year. Tonight I announced for the fifth year in a row cuts to income tax. From 1 July this year, the 30% tax rate will only apply to income over $30,000. This means that low-income earners eligible for the offset will not pay tax until their annual income exceeds $11,000. Senior Australians who are eligible for the Senior Australians tax offset will now pay no tax on annual income up to $25,867 for singles and $43,360 for couples. Mr Speaker, one of the great challenges we have is to maintain the beautiful, diverse and precious natural environment which we have in Australia. 
one of the serious long-term threats is global warming. Mr. Speaker, Forrest play a key role in reducing greenhouse gases. So tonight I announce the cost of establishing qualifying carbon sink forests will be tax deductible. With immediate deductibility for five years commencing on 1 July and concessional depreciation arrangements after that. Mr Speaker, water is one of Australia's most precious resources. The government has a $10 billion national plan for water security intended to place rural water use on a sustainable footing, increasing efficiency in irrigation and addressing over-allocation of water. Tonight I announce funding over six years to support the installation of water tanks and other water-saving devices by schools and community organisations. We must capture as much of this precious resource as possible. We must use it carefully and we must use it wisely. <laughs>